Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With my wife, having a kid changes everything. And, you know, it's just about being the best partner to her because at the end of the day, it's the most important job that we have. And we spend more time talking about being parents than anything else now, you know? And that's, and honestly, that's great because it's the coolest job that we have and it's the one that we're going to have forever. And, you know, it's the happiest, it's, I don't know, it makes me incredibly happy. And then, but here's the, here's the part. With my relationship with myself, it's just constant worry. Just, just around, around the clock dread, you know? Hey guys, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood. On the Believe Podcast Network, I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. Hey fathers, welcome to the show. Uh, How's your week going? Last episode, I talked about how I'm going to be kind of incorporating a little bit more into what's going on in my dad life as well at the top of each of these episodes. And uh, just wanted to say patience. Patience is what I'm working on. Just the other day, I found myself in the kitchen cooking, which I love to do, and I cook most of the meals, actually. Uh, my wife cooks a couple really great ones, but I'm kind of the go-to. I'm your the daily chef. And um, Ellis, my, my precocious and uh, extremely artistic, emotional, creative eight-year-old, uh, had had a long day at camp and then went to play with friends and then was at the pool. She was done. She was emotionally, physically, everything was just done. Uh, and she let us know that through uh, the tears over what to me seems like very small things, um, like it's time to take a shower, you know, these types of <laughs> major requests. Uh, while simultaneously, my son, who is 16 months, uh, did not like the crackers or the cheese that he had. Uh, which sounds very bougie, cheese and crackers. And uh, he had crumbled them up and thrown them on the floor while he's in his high chair. So now there's kind of this uh, concentric circles of mess. And I'm trying to put dinner together. My wife is doing her best. I'm doing my best. And it's just like, whoa, I felt like I was at my breaking point. Like I I have to, I, I've become better at finding the moment before the bomb blows. Like I can, now I can smell the fuse. You know what I mean? Like now I can... Wait a second. So something something's not right. So I had to mentally take a second, take a beat. I stopped what I was doing. I put my hands on the counter. I breathed in, I breathed out, and I just kind of reset like this is okay. This is not forever. <laughs> it's really just a couple minutes, but it feels like it's going to be forever. And uh and I was able to kind of get through that moment. And I was just reminded like I suck at patience in those moments. My wife just un dying patience, like just an absolute, seems like a, a deep, deep well, the Marianas Trench of patience. Like it's just like never ends. For me, I feel like I'm I'm the, the river in your street after a long rain. That's how deep my patience goes. And I'm trying to get better at it. But just want to encourage you fathers uh, or mothers, anybody who's listening to this, uh, because I am I am fighting for patience in my own life. So hopefully take a beat, take a breath. Hopefully you can smell the fuse before the bomb blows up. All right, so this week we're talking to my friend Luke Wall. He is the VP of Nickelodeon Digital Studios. He's been married eight years. He's got one son who is five and kind of another kid, which we'll get into that at the beginning of the episode. Now, I met Luke way back in 2010. I can't believe that's that long ago at this point. Uh, I was auditioning for a car show called TransLogic. I don't think that was the name of it at the time, but um, I got an audition. I got a callback, and then they like chemistry tested me with a couple other co-hosts. Ended up booking it. I was thrilled. It was an amazing gig. It it was so cool. It, It was very, it was a small team. It was me as the host, he as the director producer, and then we had a guy named Tommy who was the cinematographer. And this little merry band traveled the world over four years, 150 plus episodes, and we met everyone from Elon Musk to um, uh, Mercedes Benz uh, CEO at the time to just guys in their garage building electric vehicles. It was amazing, and so I really got to know about his family, his childhood, just in, in conversations. I wasn't hosting a dad podcast. I wasn't even a dad then, uh, but it was just great to get to know this guy. And he's kind of the guy who's like, 
he was a bit of a party guy. And somehow uh, out of our little three ring circus, I kind of became the dad. Uh, I wouldn't do that. That's not really responsible. These types of things, even though he was the producer of the whole thing. Um, but you know what? Luke always got it done. And we had a saying, it never doesn't not get done. And I'm not really sure if that makes sense, but it always got done. Anyway, uh, he got married while we were still shooting the show. And uh, I was at his wedding uh, in Oregon. It was beautiful. Uh, but he started to soften around the edges and he talks about how he owes that to his rock star wife, Brianne, which he does 100%, but also to his dog, Omar. This is kind of the other kid I was talking about. So we opened the show talking about how impactful having a pet was in changing him. I also love in this conversation, he's really still processing his childhood, his relationship with his dad, how his brother inspires him to be a better dad and how much he loves his wife. Uh, and I love the vulnerability that he brings. He didn't have these these already made up, cut out answers. It was like, we're figuring this out as we were going. It was really cool. Also, if you hear clicking, um, that's a combination of him doodling because he says he likes to doodle when he talks and also him clicking his pen. I think he was a little bit nervous. I couldn't take the clicking out because it's like while he's talking and I thought, ah, it's sweet. So, I, you know, I left it in. So anyway, without further ado, this week, Attempting Fatherhood is Luke Wall. Um, all right, what are we doing? Um, well, welcome to the show. Okay. That's that's it. The whole the whole thing is here. Like, since you haven't listened to any podcast, so I'm I'm not mostly not offended that you haven't listened to mine. Um, is, no, I listen uh, to yours. I listen like oh. skip through it, but like oh, I know yeah, what yeah. to do. One and a half speed, two x speed. When I was asleep on the floor at the at any of our many shoots where I fell asleep <laughs> on the floor, did yes. you picture my my next step to be working in children's entertainment? No, and I didn't picture you being a father and that's why i'm so excited to talk to you i pictured you married but like as excited as you are about fatherhood mm -hmm. has really honestly been shocking to me i i knew that you have a huge heart obviously but to see how passionate you are about your son uh just I, i've loved seeing every minute of it and so that's another reason i wanted to have you on the show okay well let's do it all right um well, let's get things started off at the top with dad stats. Uh, I've been married eight years. Uh, my son just turned five, and he is a handful. Um, <laughs> That's a great word, handful. There's a my, lot of good things that could be in that hand, a lot of fullness. Yeah, I, I, I've been known to be rather precocious myself, and my wife sort of says, like, sometimes she looks at him and goes, well, this is what you get. Like, he's just a small version of you. And I'm like, well, you know, fair enough. Um, the sins of our past is visited upon <laughs> our youth. Yeah, That's I guess what I so. say to Kirsten all the time when Ellis has this like, uh, in my mind, a bit over the top meltdown over something. Right in her mind, it's big, and I and I respect that. But sure. in my mind, I'm like, this is it's homework. You you signed up for this when you said <laughs> well, school, I mean, you know. This I is, mean, just literally thirty seconds before I came in here, our dog jumped up on a and ate a half of his sandwich off a TV tray. <laughs> And then he said angrily, I don't want that half anymore. And it's like, guess what? You weren't going to get that half anymore. We were definitely going to give you a new one. What a nice what a nice defense mechanism, though. He's like, you know what? I didn't even want it. So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't phase me. The right. dog took it, and I'm okay with that. And that's Omar, by the way, not just a dog. That right. is yeah, the that dog. Is Omar. Yes, that's Omar. Yes. He's that's the, your he's, first child, really. That is my first child. I found Omar on the street when I was, uh, like, I don't know, a uh, nine years ago, and uh, Omar changed my life. Actually, I will say that there was there are there are there's a correlation between Omar and fatherhood in me that didn't exist before because I think that I was always I like to stay out late. I did a lot of like yeah. you know fun stuff, and then I remember actually my wife. I remember one night my wife. I remember one night saying to her before we were dating even, I have to leave and go home, and she goes, it was like you know like. 12 30 or something and she's yeah. i was like why she's like the you know, party's still fun and i was like i gotta go home and take care of the dog and she was like what are you talking about but i was like i had to go home and take care of omar so omar really changed my life in a lot of ways yeah that like that responsibility side of you was ready to to uh kind of flex its muscle it just didn't need to until omar came around. i just loved him and like i didn't know what it like i loved him so purely it, 
And like, honestly, it's the same way I feel about Leo, except he's just a dog and one's my son. And obviously there's <laughs> levels to this, but like, it's very like Omar, oh, my love for Omar is completely and totally unconditional. He, I'm not huh. going to stop loving him because he ate my son's sandwich or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he can't do anything. And obviously that's the, the case. With Did you my have kid pets too. growing up? Was that like, yeah, were, were you yeah, a pet not guy? Really. No, not really. It wasn't really. So why thing. Omar? What, what was it about Omar that just like, saw like tipped you? I saw him run by and I don't know why I was in my car. I pulled over and I stopped and I the like somehow tra- sport track. <laughs> it was, it was my Explorer sport track. <laughs> and I tried to like get him. I tried to corral him and get him back in, but I couldn't do it. And then three girls came and helped me get him into the cage who were never then, seen from again. They were arguably angels. They were dog right. angels that had yes. descended from dog heaven. And yeah, and then they took him to a no-kill shelter, and then I called and said, "Hey, what's going on with that dog?" And they were like, "Well, we neutered him. If you want him, it's three hundred and fifty dollars." And I'm like, "I found the dog." Yeah, like, and <laughs> you should like, be paying me. And they Are were like, kidding? "No." They were like, "No, it's three hundred fifty dollars." So I paid three hundred fifty dollars, and I took him home. Wow. And then actually, though, that did sort of change. Like that's like I said, the other pieces started to come into place then too. Like my wife and I started dating not long after. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like she often says this. We've been talking too long about the dog on a dad podcast, probably. But she often says that no, he is this like this is fascinating. Well, he is like the roots of our family in a lot of ways. He's grounded uh-huh. us and he's been the constant that's held us there. He's it's he's a special creature. We love him very much. I remember there was like, yeah, there was this girl and she's like, you know, whatever. But like, I'm just kind of like fooling around. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm getting married. And I was like, oh, what? And you're like, well, I got a dog and that changed everything. And it it's really true. did. It, it totally it really did. changed who you were. It really did. It's been, it's, it's, he's the greatest. He's the reason, he's the, re- I mean, honestly, he's the reason why it all happened probably. So there, yeah. my firstborn. I think that's true. There's a lot of my friends who had pets first. They got married younger, so they would have mm-hmm. a pet first. And a lot of them were like, dude, that's the way to go. Because you really learn a lot of that stuff when you're in your 20s. You don't know how to share. You don't know discipline. You don't know, you know, you don't want to walk the dog, but you have to because now you have this responsibility. But the interesting thing is, like, it's true for my wife, too. Like, I had Omar and we had been dating for a little bit and I had to go out of town and I gave her Omar for a, like a long weekend or something. And or even, wait, hold on, let me go back. It was actually even before that. One day I had to leave early for work or something and I was like, can you walk him? And we hadn't been dating for a long time, but you know, whatever. And she took him on and walked him and she remembers calling her mom that day going like, I am just walking the funniest little creature like she and she had no interest in in owning a dog like zero and she was like i have like she was like ugh walk a dog like i don't even know what that is and then she was out there walking him and it was like this it changed her entire perception too so like i said magical creature king of dogs king of dog omar king of dogs how is omar is he healthy he's good. i know he kind of yeah, he went through I mean, some stuff and he's always he's kind of you know we got his dna test done it turns out he looks like a little poodle, right? Kind of yeah. thing. And yeah. it turns out he's a Pomeranian. <laughs> well, he like does have a fancier little, side to him. <laughs> those little things. He's a Pomeranian poodle chow chow chihuahua mix. What? There's if no open, way. If you How open, can you I'm, tell that? That's what the DNA thing says. That's, if, I don't trust DNA. <laughs> now, we, now, now, we attach, now we attach different features of his to his bloodlines. Like if you open up the door, he always tries to hit the streets and see what's going on. Chihuahua, yeah. you know? But, Chihuahuas are always out on them. Like they're always, you know what? You've, you've become the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, like yeah. personality guy who's so obsessed. You're like, oh yeah, of course the three would say that. Yeah. Oh, of course an INTJ would act that yeah, way. That's right. No, that's right. It's like, oh, he's defensive like a chow chow. Yeah. No, I mean, it's serious. No, it's mostly just the choke. It's just the one joke. He likes to hit the streets. You know what I mean? How did you Pretty get funny. his DNA? How do you even, just a, a mouth swab? You got to take I don't know. You pay poop? 150 bucks and then they make it up and send it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I feel like it's the same people that, that sell stars. They're like, you can name a star after someone. Like, How are you going to know that not a hundred other people have that exact same star? I did the 23 and Me thing. And I was okay. like, oh, like all these things that it's like, you know, like different things that make sense in my bloodlines. What part of the uh, part of the world my family's from? And then it was like, you're you're. <laughs> and then it was like, you're more Neanderthal than ninety eight percent of people. <laughs> <was> like, 
You're kidding. That's so that funny. Was, that's amazing. That is My, amazing. We're talking so, to Neanderthal Luke Wall. He invented so fire, his claim to fame. <laughs> My dad is like, uh, like, it's not even close. Like, I'm way more Neanderthal than anybody. It doesn't make any sense. It's really... And it's yet, really, and yet... <laughs> yet it does. And yet... And yet it does, you know? I don't know. Oh my gosh. That's it's so, so good. funny. You know, it's so funny to me. I'm not I'm not doing that stuff. I'm not doing the twenty three and me, the DNA. Yeah, no, it's fine. I found like people I'm related to that I and knowing like that I don't really like I'm not particularly interested in who I'm related to for a whole yeah. like you know what I mean? Like I don't care if I have a cousin in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going up there. Not for the wings. Not for you. No reason. One of them wrote me and asked me some, like, actually, like, some reasonably thoughtful questions about a relative that they were looking for, and I sent them back like a pretty thoughtful response. And but oh. mostly being like, I don't totally know, but like, I do know some things, and this is what I know. And they never wrote me back. And I was like, I didn't start the conversation, and I took time to write you back. You know, my Neanderthal side came up. Such a chow chow, such a chow chow move right there. Such a chow chow. That's right. Yes, that's right. Um, Well, I'm also interested in uh, obviously. I think this is a nice springboard into kind of how would you define fatherhood? Because I like that you've kind of practiced, if you will, uh, with Omar, and now leading into Leo. How would you define (sighs) your role as as fatherhood? Uh, well, I mean, that depends, right? There's like my relationship with him, my relationship with my wife, and my relationship mm. with myself as a father all Ooh. feel like different things, right? Ooh, my relationship like with him is to try to be set, you know, be fun, set, a, you know, be a good role model. I'm not particularly interested in like driving math skills into him. I'm more interested in making sure that he sees the world, though, in a way that's, Mm. like, adventurous, but also thoughtful and kind. I'm really fortunate that he's blessed with a really kind and special heart. Like, he's a very sweet boy. Like, yes, he's wild. Yes, he's a little bit wild, but, like, his teachers would be like, he stuck his tongue out at me all day, but then at the end, he came up to me with a flower and just said, I love being in your class. Like, that's just, he's, he's he's got a, he's got a wide range. And then, you know, with my wife, having a kid changes everything. And, you know, it's just about being the best partner to her to, because at the end of the day, it's the most important job that we have. And we spend mm. more time talking about being parents than anything else now, you yeah. know? And that's, yeah. and honestly, that's great because it's the coolest job that we have and it's the one that we're going to have forever. And, you know, it's the happiest, it's, I don't know, it makes me incredibly happy. And then, mm. but here's the, here's the part. <laughs> with my relationship with myself, yeah. It's just constant worry. Just, yes. just around, anxiety. Around the clock dread. You know, what do you, what do you worry about? Like he's gonna get hit by a car or like you're no. gonna like ruin him because you don't no, discipline just, or like what do you like worry? Everything. You know what I mean? Is we making <laughs> good, the right decision with his everything. Are we making the right decision with his schooling? You know, mm. like did this you know, just uh, so many things, right? You know, luckily right now we're not you're totally worried about money, but you worry about money and like, can I take care of the kid? And like, yeah, I got to be honest, you know, my upbringing was a little all over the place. And like, so I think I'm really driven to trying to have the most stable environment for him to grow up possible. And that means like I moved around a lot. Yeah. And like my wife, you know, her parents still live in the same house that she was in you know, elementary school. in, And like, that's how I Kirsten want- is. Right. And I want to provide that to him. And like, if he decides he wants it a different way, okay, I guess we can figure that out. If he's like 16 and he's like, I want to go to boarding school. I'm like, okay, well you're paying for it. And he's like, I'm still going. That's fine. (laughs) But I don't want, I don't want to make decisions for him that are, uh, I just want him to, yeah, just stability security and all that stuff. And Mm. you know, you beat yourself up. Leo had cavities and like, I don't know. We made him brush his teeth every night, and then the dentist was like, "Hey, you're supposed to do it, dumbass." And I was like, "Well, I didn't know. No one tells me how to do this stuff." And like then, you know, of course they like he had cavities and he's squirmy, so they had to put him under to do his cavities. And of course, you know, I'm a wreck sitting in the parking lot waiting for him to come out, and the kid comes out, and I'm crying in the car, like, "Oh, he's safe!" Like, you know, of course he's safe. They put kids under to do dental procedures every day all over the world. Everything is fine. But like my level of anxiety about that was like through the roof. And I think honestly, actually back, I'm trying, it's actually something that I've noticed to try to, for me to work on personally, 
to try to find ways to calm that kind of thing. Because like at the end of the day, the one thing I noticed and respect and realize and understand is that like we're together and he's healthy and like that's it. Because I'm I happen to you know, we all I mean, I know families that aren't, and that's very nothing matters, right? Like we'll as long that's all that matters is that he's he's healthy and he's we're together. That's it. That's all that matters. All right, dads, hold up for just a second. Got some real talk here. Listen, if you're anything like me, maybe your shower routine used to involve some type of shampoo slash conditioner slash soap slash car wash five-in-one cleaner that you got from the 99-cent store. But fathers, it's time to up your game. I mean, listen, you're in charge of little people's lives for Pete's sake. Come on. And thankfully, the team at Bird, that's B-Y-R-D, is here to help. They've won awards from GQ and Men's Health. I've personally been using their products like their Seafoam Face Wash, their Activated Charcoal Soap on a Rope, and their Clay Pomade for more than a year and truly, truly love these. They smell great, they work really well, and I love the fact that they're made out of clean ingredients. Stuff that you may not expect to have in your body wash, like algae, sea kelp, and vitamin B5. And recently, I sent a care package of some of these products to the dads who were on the first season. And one of those dads, Matt Godfrey's daughter, said, the soap smells like, quote, freedom. (laughs) Now, to support attempting fatherhood and dads like you and me, they are offering 15% off your purchase with the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F for 15% off. So come on, that saves you money. That also helps support our show. So upgrade your daily and get slick. Okay, back to the show. Well, I want you to know you are not alone in your anxiety-ridden life. Uh, there so many dads I've spoken with, including myself, to varying degrees, there's, there are varying fears. One of my good friends, uh, I said, same thing. I was like, well, what do you fear about fatherhood? And he's like, everything. Oh, I fear <laughs> when I hear an ambulance going down the street that that's heading off to my kid's school. I fear that, you know, when I, you know, hug them and kiss them, that could be it. I fear they die in their sleep. I fear, you know, there's all these, he's a bit of a, a of a darker dude anyway. Um, but, but that fear, I think is something that as men, we don't really talk about, I think. And especially as dads, I'd never really even heard about that. I really honestly kind of felt like that was myself, like my own a little bit of neuroses, anxiety, whatever. Uh, So it's so reassuring to hear people like yourself say, yeah, that's a major part of your fatherhood existence is dealing with that on a regular basis. Yeah. And trying to like ward off any of the shit that I still carry with me at 41 years old today that I know I probably shouldn't have. Like, how do I prevent him from having that kind of stuff? Which is also nuts because like everyone's parents messed them up to some extent. That's what being, 100%. that's what it's all about. But like, I just think it's about trying to find and create a home where he always knows that he is absolutely the most loved and the most taken care of, at least in terms of, you know, he can tell us anything. If he wants to go outside, I'll always go with him. You know, he wants like, it's like, dude, it's like, I don't want to go and ride your bike right now. But it's like, you know what? We're going to go ride the bike right now because like we're going to ride the bike right now. You want to go? All right, let's go. You dad know? points, dad points on that. Now, when when you look at kind of like the way you were raised, uh, I feel like, would you say you were raised by your mom? Like your dad was there, but was he, he wasn't totally around. My parents split when I was really, really young. And so I always spent most of my time. And then it was like, my dad was like every other weekend kind of thing. But my dad moved away for a while when I was a teenager. And like, I don't know, I, around the time I was like 16, I sort of was off on my own for a bit, which was a very interesting sort of experience um friggin tough time to be alone 16 are you kidding me here's your license see you bye it was it's for it was formative both in good and bad ways and like yeah i mean yeah in good and bad ways but those are both whatever the good ways and the bad ways are are ways that he's not gonna have to find out about i promise you that and like you know i look at like i look at my wife's parents too and like they Yeah, you know, they're so doting on him. They take so much care of him. And my mom and dad love the heck out of him, too. It's just like, you know, everyone has different paths to get to where they are. And I think everyone makes their own decisions about what kind of parent they want to be. And, you know, I wouldn't in any I wouldn't really change the way I was brought up at all. I just think that my goals of what I want him to experience are my own and my wife's. And that's what we want. And that's cool. And I think every parent and every couple has their own sort of idea of how they want to raise their kids. And you know what? 
it's up to us and I'm not going to judge the way anyone else want to, wants to raise their kids unless they're morons, but you know, like <laughs> fair enough. There is some edge to that uh, <laughs> sure. spectrum of, of no judgment. Well, where, where does the motivation for you come from to just like, to be a great dad, to really drill down, to actually show up when Leo's like, I want to ride bikes and you don't want to ride bikes. Cause I just, our own past, I know that wasn't necessarily modeled for you. So where does that come from? Well, I just love him, you know, like I just love him so much. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, here's the thing I really realized, actually, because I wasn't great when he was younger, when he was like one and two, I was working a lot and I felt like, I don't know, you know, he's like a baby and he's like way more with his mom, kind of like the overall, like I, she keeps him alive more than me kind of thing. But as he got older, I realized that like I had been, I don't think neglectful, but like not as there as I wanted to really, really be. And I don't blame, look, I've, met, I've talked to dads that were like, oh, I loved it when my kid was a baby. And I'm like, you are full of shit. But it's like, if you really believe that, but here's the thing, if you really no, believe totally that, right. if you really believe that, like, good for I you, find, man. Like, I find that so hard to believe, though. I just find that so hard. I guess, I, I guess. But like, I look at him now and I see him and I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, he's, maybe he won't ask me to ride the bike tomorrow because like, he didn't, like, he, he decide, he changes his mind about stuff all the time. He has, his interests are varied and different constantly, you know? And then also, to be honest, I'm worried about his, like, he's, he's very agile, but I'm worried about his fine motor skills. <laughs> so, I'm, his fine motor know? skills aren't so fine. They're just motor skills. Can you ride a bike while holding this pen perfectly? You know, like, that's like. <laughs> oh, no, so, he didn't. He stabbed himself in the chest. Yeah, we I now know. know that right. he can't do that. Right. So, you know, I think that that's, yeah, like. I don't know. I just don't want to miss any stuff. And I want to, I don't know. I'm, my wife and I are nerds for him. We just love him to pieces. And like, oh, I, what we're a probably, great line. I love we're, that. We're probably smothering him. I don't know. But like, we try not to. But you know, like I look at my kids' clothes now. Those are massive. Like he's so tall, you know? <laughs> when you're folding clothes for you, you're not the tallest of guys. So it's kind of like, is this Leo's or is this, is this Luke's? That's funny because I'm five foot eight and I'm positive that he'll be taller than me when he's 15, which is great. <laughs> my wife's, my wife's got, you know, like her, my wife's got people on her side of the family. Her mom and dad, her mom's pretty tall actually, but her dad's around my height, but she's got a great uncle. She had a great uncle who was, you know, six foot military man, World War II guy, you know. That was old like, tall Tom. We yeah, would see totally. him at Easter and he would just tower above everyone. And Leo's, I think Leo got a significant amount of Uncle Bud's genes, to be honest. Oh my so, gosh. And then that's fine, whatever. That's fine, whatever. He can be bigger than me, I don't care. Whatever, whatever, fine, it's fine. I'm not gonna... Re- no, it's fine uh, by me. I've- I've asked Kirsten before along those lines, kind of like, uh, are you going to resent your son if he's taller than you? I've asked Kirsten, like, are we going to be resentful of Ellis if she just like blows past us in a career? (laughs) Because now she has parents who are in the industry and neither of us really did. And she's got a ton of natural talent and there's all these elements. And we're just like, who knows where that goes? But like, will we be okay with that? And she was like, yes, yes. Of course you will. Yes, because the beach house she'll buy for us. That's exactly the reason why. (laughs) That's exactly exactly the reason why because they will be rich and they will take care of you yes as well they should i mean like that even that like think about that i'm just like constantly like gotta make sure you know got that 30 year (laughs) fixed gotta pay off that 30 year fixed though because one day like we're gonna be gone and like but leo will have a house in los angeles we don't want to leave this debt on him no yeah but it's like it's totally paid off it's a house in la it's his he doesn't have to worry about anything he can do whatever he wants you know and I actually said to a friend of mine the other day, I was like, oh man, I would just love it if I could leave him a ton of money and like leave him, have a, like a rich, you know, so he can be like a rich guy. And they were like, you don't want that actually. And I was like, no, I do. And they're like, no. Aren't there enough don't. examples in <laughs> LA of how that does not work? The trust fund kid with the Aston Martin that does yeah, not even know how to push a chair but, in? Yeah, I know. I know. But like, not that level. It does level seem rich. nice. It does seem nice. Though. Like Oregon rich, you know? <laughs> No, like my wife's parents live in Salem, you know? Yeah, and like, yeah. Like rich for, for Salem. For $700,000, you can have a killer house. And that's like that level, like paid off killer Salem house, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I want to also ask like dad stuff as far as, uh, you know, growing up, you know, dad sounds like kind of was out of the picture, at least around 16. He will, to be totally fair, he was around a lot until I was... Until then, he was around a lot. He was just gone then. And like, he had to move 
out of the was it like an overnight thing like 100 he's around and then 100 gone no it just he had to make some decisions and he was remarried and he had a, some work stuff that he had to go take care of and i was it just it didn't you know my mom wasn't going and it didn't line up like so that's part of the that's one of the problems with being divorced yeah it's like it there's a lot of problems with being divorced and probably though not as many as people who hate each other staying married but like there's problems with being divorced that if one person needs to make a decision to go to another place there's collateral damage and i'm not mad at him about it at all my dad and i are close as hell now i love him he's great but like he had to make some decisions in a time yeah. that was tough for me right so yeah I, I just don't want i don't want leo to ever i don't know if my wife and i get divorced i want us to stay in the same city yeah, yeah. That's, that At was least a make joke. It easy. That didn't land. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening on on your end. No, we're were great. You, we're great. You were talking about Salem, uh, so I didn't no. know. If, uh, well, that's if anything, you know, me and her wish that like that's the one thing about living in Los Angeles and working in entertainment and doing show business stuff is like kind of can't live many other places if you are like I'm a television executive. So it's right. like it's hard to right. be a television executive. Yeah, long distance. If, if you live in Salem, Oregon. Right. <laughs> a small TV station, a local, mm -hmm. a little local spot. Well, what's something your dad did in general that you really liked? There's two things my dad did with me that I loved so much. He got me into the outdoors as much as possible. And he put me in incredibly dangerous situations all the time. Like legitimately like scary things. Like he, <laughs> like. I want I a story. Know. This is, this is great. I remember this is, pro there's a lot, but this is a good one. Okay. I remember one time my father was very into we he he had, we had a house in Florida and he had a extremely fast cigarette boat that um, had two three fifty seven Chevy engines that powered it. It was all for black. people that don't know. A, a cigarette boat is essentially like a drug runner's boat. It's, no, it, it's, it had it had no water line. Like you know, boats normally have a water line. Yeah, yeah. And this wasn't. It was painted just black. And one time, someone tried to steal it, and it, they couldn't figure it out, and it floated out into sea. And they had to board it with SWAT rifles because they couldn't tell if anybody was on it or not because the water line was there's no water line on the boat. At any rate, he had this thing, and he went out into the ocean with it, like out into like, you know, uh, out into the harbor out there, out into the ocean, Biscayne Bay, sorry, he went out into Biscayne Bay and we had a dinghy and I went. And, That's a smaller and, boat for people right. who aren't not I think people know what challenged. a dinghy is. Okay? I don't know, I don't know. And then I got in the dinghy with my stepmother. I must've been 13, 12. And I took it out there just to see what he was doing to see how far. And he saw me in the dinghy and he turned the boat around and took a wide berth and he just floored it. And he must have missed the boat. Like he was just trying to buzz me like Maverick in Top Gun, right? He was trying to buzz the tower. I don't know. I mean, to me, it was like he was six inches away. It was probably more like five yards, right? But like the boat almost flipped over and it was like all insane. And just remember being him laughing and me being scared about it and him laughing and him just being like, that was scary. But like in retrospect, I loved that stuff. He would make, you know, put me in go-karts. If I was three quarters of the way up a tree and I couldn't get down, he'd be like, oh, you're, you're up there. You know, and like, there's something, there was, there was- You got a problem solved. Well, there was a level of like old school dad stuff. Yeah. Which by the way, like, it's a fine line to walk, I think, as a parent today. Because- Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there's a certain amount of like, rub some dirt on it, but there's also like, let's avoid the emotional trauma that baby boomers have from the way their parents raised them, right? There's a fine, <laughs> There's there's a scope. I like there. how you came so succinctly to that emotional response. <laughs> Clearly, this is something you've talked about before. At no, least I honestly, I had never had that thought before in my entire life. It came to me. I'm dead serious. I just that's right here. definitely so something that 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 I think about. I do think I've considered having the thought about like how how to raise him in a way that I think is cool and tough. I like taking him. I took him go karting. His mom went out of town, and she was gone. That was two weekends ago, and we did one thing on Saturday and one thing on Sunday. And Saturday we went up in a helicopter and Sunday he went and drove a go-kart. And like, that was great though. Like, you know, he loved it. And like, he was really excited about that. And those are really neat experiences for him that he will remember. I don't know. I don't know when you start really remembering stuff, but he was almost five when he went on a helicopter. A hundred percent he remembers that. Are you kidding? I mean, I feel like even if he doesn't exactly remember the details, that's built into his memory DNA structure of who you are, like a positive association with my dad likes to do adventurous, cool things. I love that. What a, what a great thing. And I'm such a doer 
as a dad, like if if I've got the kids and it's up to me, we're doing, we're running errands, we're going for a walk, we're whatever we're doing. I'm not really a sit and do puzzles. I'm not really a sit and like, no, I got to go. So I love that that was kind of on the agenda for you guys. My wife and him do Legos together. I loved Legos as a kid, but I'm not like, for some reason, mom just, I look at Legos now and I'm like, nah, like I can't. <laughs> and, but like, then they started breaking and I was like, you think you should start gluing them together? So now she, now we have, now we glue, we actually do glue a significant amount of Lego together, which is perfectly fine. But like also, like, you know, my dad took me down. By the way, you know, that's the most producer thing you could do is like, let's fix this problem. We're <laughs> yeah, going to go with glue. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's naturally supposed to break. Not on my watch. It's not. <laughs> it's more like suggesting we should do something with no intention of doing it and having someone else do it. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's the producer. I'm going to sit you know? back here and tell you, you where think, the colors are. What do you think? You think maybe we should use some glue on that? Great. Um, no, like my dad took me, you know, we went down the Grand Canyon in little boats and we went and we would go camping and hiking and rock climbing and stuff like, and I actually think that that's my biggest regret actually right now as a dad is I don't think we've spent enough time like truly in the outdoors. And I think part of that is because he spent the first three years of his life growing up in, you know, in Brooklyn. That's not exactly super conducive to getting outside. But I mean, we're here now and I think I would like to do it a little bit more. I'm a little disappointed well, give with yourself my, yeah. some slack. You also had a year of lockdown. <laughs> so I know, like, but like, really, you that just do... leaves you with like a few months and it's OK. You've been busy. I think that that is one part. I am consistently hard on myself as a human being in general. But like that's one part I'm trying to be better at as a dad is completely understand that like people make mistakes, which, by the way, actually, in some ways, I feel like not to go totally down the like psychological rabbit hole here. Let's go, like, baby, let's go. There were things though that I used to be angry at both of my parents for that now as I've gotten older and been one, I'm like, oh, like that's really hard what they were doing. And like, I'm totally like, shouldn't be mad about that. That's not fair at all. And I, I actually said it to my dad. I don't remember what it was. We weren't even talking about anything specifically, but I was like, the older I get and the more I raise him, the more I realized what you were trying to do. And then like, if there were things that I were mad about the way that they turned out, like you were doing your best, I just somehow couldn't recognize or see that. And, and, and it's going to get, it's not like it's going to get easier. He's going to be, he's five. When he's 17, is it going to be easier to be a parent? No chance. That's going to be way harder. And so, you know, you got to, got to do the best you can. I really learned to forgive. They weren't even, I don't know why I was mad about a lot of stuff, to be honest. I think I've let, like, a lot of, like, the things that bugged me when I was younger have sort of melted away more, and now I just only worry specifically constantly about him and not myself, which <laughs> is great. I don't have time. I don't <laughs> yeah. have time to worry about you guys. Right. That's true. Done. You're forgiven, okay? Yeah. Can we, I, I got this. I got to put this energy over here. Yes, that's true. Yes. Well, I, I love those things, and, and having known you, I never, I never really knew that element of your dad. I knew the the sports car, racing, adrenaline kind of side, but I love the outdoorsy side. I think there's so much that can be learned there and it's such a valuable, like, you know, uh, taste to acquire, you know, the, the love of that. So For sure. I, I like and, that. and like, I have it, but like, yeah, I that's something I'd like to do more of probably with him. But, you know, he is five. There's more time for it. I also, by the way, I was like, hey, you want to sleep out in the backyard in a tent? And he was like, no way. And I was nope. like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, was honestly, like, right. me neither. So that's good. You yeah. answered correctly. Right. Me neither. No big deal. I love that. Well, what's something maybe from your dad that you don't want to repeat? I know there's maybe some bigger things, but is there anything particular that, you know, um, that kind of sticks out to you as, as far as like, I didn't like the way he handled this thing or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There are things that, I mean, we. I had qualities from both of my parents that I would like to try to do something about, you know? Um, <laughs> we all do. It's just a varying degrees. I, I No, it's hard to answer that. I honestly don't know if I know how to answer that question exactly. Okay. Just because like fair. thinking about it, I don't really, there's just so many different things that I've been trying to figure out with all of that stuff. And like, I don't think I'm like... I don't think I'm like either one of my parents, which is the thing, actually. And I think that I'm much different than both of them. And if anything, I'll be really honest, the person who I've really sort of, someone who I really admire as a parent a lot is my older brother. My brother, Christopher, is a fantastic parent. He's got two yeah. kids that are that adore him. They work, you know, well, 
he has a teenage daughter now who doesn't adore him quite as much as she used to. But like, I think <laughs> yeah. that, that'll, the pendulum will, will shift back, I think. But, you know, yeah, his daughter was born with some health difficulties in the beginning that required some, some, some difficult decisions to be made. And, you know, she's totally healthy and totally fine now. But, you know, my brother slept in a hospital for a long time. And when you're, and so, you know, actually sometimes we talked about that because my sister and her husband had some health issues with their son. And you were so quick to be like, Hey, if they need to talk to anybody, my brother would love to talk to them. And, for sure, and I really you know, appreciated that. For sure, you know, but like my brother's not a church going man by any means, but he spends yeah. Saturdays every Saturday driving around with his son, doing meals on wheels, dropping food off to seniors. And like, you know, there's he, he's instilling values in his kids in a way that I really appreciate. And like, I love him a lot. And I think that he's doing a really cool job. You know, his son's obsessed with hockey. What did he do? He built, he lives in Canada. He built a mini rink in the backyard. Like the rink is as big as like someone's guest bedroom, but you can shoot a puck on it, you know? Yeah, that's all it takes. So, you know, I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, hmm. So yeah. Do you I'm, guys ever talk about kind of fathering or you just kind of witness it from afar? Not and really. Like, yeah, he's, he's doing a good job. No, not really. I think it's just sort of like, I wish I talked to him more, honestly. It's hard, you know, when you're so far away. But like, yeah, I just think that it's... He's a good role model. And like, like I said, as I've gotten older, my dad was a good role model too. It just was like, it took a while for me to realize that, I think. And then especially realized it once I had a kid of my own. And, you know, he's good with Leo too, which is great. I really respect that too. And, you know, Brianne's father is fantastic with my son. And so, you know, I just want to surround him with as many good role models, men and women, as he can have. You know, the funniest thing about him, and Bradley, if you live here still you would be one of them but like he's got all of my friends that come over and it's like uncle insert name right like there's tons of them he has all yes. like you know leo has that is so crucial he's got five or six uncles right that are always coming over <laughs> to the house and like they're over here in the backyard like during covid we would come over in the backyard and sit apart and do all this stuff but he got to see them right and like when the schools were closed and he couldn't see fr like his friends or anyone he could see them and like that was a huge part of us getting through that time is we were really fortunate to be able to do that you know and now that everyone's vaccinated and they're coming over and giving him a hug and stuff that's a good feeling you know it's a, we had a birthday party for him last week and his favorite uncle uncle bobby brought him over uh, a grave digger um you know the monster truck like the a wrestler little, no no oh, grave oh, digger yeah. like the monster truck and it's like a an rc car <laughs> and then uncle mike his other one of his other uncles brought over just a giant bigfoot monster truck and he was immediately like don't want this one anymore only want this it was just like oh, poor uncle clowning, Bobby. clowning bob like oh he just i'm sure he just gave eyes like you have got yeah, to be kidding like, yeah well it's okay. We're going to Hawaii. So We're going to Hawaii with Uncle Bob later. So we'll, he'll make up and for it there. Good. He so. wins. Yeah. Now, what about something that you would uh, go back and tell yourself? Like, you know, you and Brienne all of a sudden. When? Well, you and Brienne find out you're pregnant. You're having a kid. Were you nervous about that or like full tilt? So excited. This is going to be great. Was there any thought of like, you know, I mean, a lot of dads are like, I don't want to repeat what my dad was like. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Was there any of that or was it just straight up? No. Awesome. She, he, first of all, she's perfect in almost every way. My wife, my yeah. biggest thing then. <laughs> was that her sneezing? Yeah, that's her sneezing. <laughs> my biggest problem then, and maybe still sometimes just, you know, I've touched on this, but my biggest problem then, and probably my still my biggest one now is I've had, I've always had a very hard time just being in the moment. Like, it's always like what happened or what's happening or what's going to happen. Sorry, what happened or what's happening next and trying to figure and not just I, I don't I'm not wired that way. Right. And like, I think part of becoming a better father has been just to kind of slow it down a little bit and like to enjoy the moment a little more often. And honestly, I thank her a lot for it. She's always reminding me to usually extremely gently and then occasionally like get your head in the game is the yep. other one. Hello, but those are, he's growing up. Right, those are two different things. I, I think that that would be the biggest thing. I think I, 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 a lot of it then just sort of feels like it went by so fast. And I think part of it feels like it went by so fast because I wasn't as like dialed into the right there and now that I, I needed to be. And I think if we did it over again, it's probably something, I mean, I now I'm like, now I'm gonna go back and think about that and regret it, which is great. 
more not being in the moment. But like, but you know, <laughs> you use it. You use that. You use that. You're like, all right, I don't want to repeat that. So, but that's let's, why let's motivated. That's why we always ride bikes. You know, that's why we go, and that's why when he says let's go, we always go because moment that 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 single that singular time that one time on Tuesday at six thirty in the afternoon when which is the time it is right now which is so weird that I said that please don't ask to go on a bike ride if you know when he asks to go on a bike ride you always say yes because just like I don't know man you you don't get a million chances to do that you only get so many I was many. gonna say you know we had um do you remember Gar Rhinas he was tall guy batting oh batting stance Gar yeah, yeah of course stance, yeah. So, um, so I had him on the show. One of the things he said is he was like, I'm just so kind of like overcome with the fact that you just can't go back. Cause I was like, what, what do you reflect on? You look back at your kids, he's got a, a 20 year old and a 15 year old. And he's like, you just, you, the window that, that everything's lining up, especially with two kids in the same place at the same time that want to be doing the same thing or whatever. He's like, you may get that for six months and then it's gone. And he says, you know, not like in a, in a fear-based kind of way, but in a more of an appreciative kind of way. Like there will, like you said, there will be a time when he's like, I don't want to ride bikes. Or he's like, I'm going to go ride bikes with my friends and not you. And that's going to be a total shift too. Yeah, and, no, I get that. And that's the thing that my wife, Brianne, points out all the time too. She's like squishy little baby that used to fall asleep on one of us. Now is still cuddles with her, although he tends to like try to wrestle me more. But, you know, which is fine. But, like, you know, those moments don't come along as often, you know? And, like... There'll be new moments. There'll be new things. But those things aren't always going to be there. We've been running into some, like... We've been running into, like, some sleep regression challenges yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it all ha it's been going on for longer than it should. It happened when we moved. And then it's COVID. And then, like... So a lot of the times, most of the times, we have, someone have to sit with him when he falls asleep. And he's five and that's not great, but like, we'll figure it out. Literally last night, he was laying in bed and like, I just didn't like, it was like, dude, it had taken longer than normal. He stays up later if my, longer if my wife does it because he loves her more, but he falls asleep faster when I do it. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna leave right now. I thought he was asleep. I wasn't sure, but I thought he was. And I opened the door, the tiniest crack, and he just went, Dada, where are you going? And I was like, Dada, I was whoa. like, whoa, like, that like, on. yeah, I was like, you know, I get a lot of dad and daddy stuff, but it was like, Dada, where are you going? And I was like, right nowhere. That's nowhere. where I'm going. How about Not that? Let me turn around and sit right back down in that chair, pal. Don't worry about it. But you know, I but I noticed it in the moment. Actually, I noticed at that very moment. I was like, nice. dude, he never says that anymore. Like, I don't know. Like my little like little baby boy came back for a minute and. I think that it's it's interesting. I like you know he's got a loose tooth. I'm like, what the hell? How does he have a loose tooth? You know, I'm so dumb that we like I'm so dumb about being a parent sometimes that like they when we went to the dentist they were like, and this is where all his other teeth are coming in. And like I'm like, I'm like, wait, they're already there? Like they're always been there? Like I didn't know that. I'm a TV producer, okay. First of all, okay, we're not known for being ge medical geniuses, you know? Yeah. I don't make like. Chicago MD, you know, and so like here, I wish I did, um, but so here, you know, we're out here and like I don't know that there's the dentist is showing us like where the teeth are coming in. I'm just looking at my wife like this is crazy. He's so advanced; <laughs> they're already there. I, I know, but that just goes. He's to a show human, you. Luke. Yes, but, like, that's why. It just goes to show you, right? Like there are things that to, even to some people, and I like to think of myself as being somewhat well-read and reasonably intelligent. That to 95% of people would be like, yeah, no kidding, buddy. Like everyone knows that, that there's like, you don't know, there's 5% of things you don't know at all that you're supposed to know, right? And they sneak up on you. And like being a parent reveals that frequently. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And, and that goes to the point that like, it doesn't matter how many books you read about dads. It doesn't matter. Like there's just going to be stuff that's going to come up. It doesn't matter how great your parents were. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. There's always just going to be those surprises. And like, not knocking yourself for it. You know what I mean? It sounds like you took it, you know, just like in a laughing way, which is great. <laughs> no, it's like funny. Some, uh, some dudes would be like, oh, I'm such a bad dad. I didn't even know that. Oh, I mean, the, the, I felt that way about the cavity thing. Like now your son's being put under to get cavities filled, you know? My wife and I looking at each other in dread. Also, by the way, not cheap. <laughs> we just, we I came from the dentist yesterday, Kirsten today. 
Ellis the other day. I'm now trying to pick up shifts at Starbucks just to cover <laughs> right. our non-insurance covered dental procedures. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. Really fun to do that. If you're going to leave all the dads with some kind of encouragement, dads who are listening. I would say, first of all, really do try to appreciate every single moment. I know that I'm a happier human being now, now that I've leaned into more of that. Even the baby part, that's not that fun. (laughs) Here's the good news. If that part does feel tough, I promise you it gets better. Um, And and look, if if you're fortunate enough to have a great partner and be really happily married, lean into them. I find that my marriage is something that's gotten better from having a kid, not the other way around. I love my wife more so than good. ever, every single day. That is really good. I don't know if that's, but that's, you know, that's also like if yours isn't, you know, not yours specifically, I know yours is, but if someone's yeah. isn't better, then like don't be hard on yourself either. Love your kid as hard as you can and just like if put them before you every time and that's all that you can really do. You know? That's it. That's that's the, that's the book. That right there was the book. The the front page, the title page, the chapter heading, all of it done. There it was. Dude, thank you so much. I know you had a lot of stuff going on. You're a super busy dude, but I appreciate you making this happen. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be asked. And honestly, I know that I said a lot of cool things about my brother and my own dad and all my parents. And But, you know, you're an inspiration too, my dude. I'm really proud to yeah. be your friend thanks, and proud to see the way that you're raising your kids and i love you oh, tons man. so thanks for having me on you're welcome thank you luke wall for attempting motherhood Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.